0: I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. Today I interview Rehana Blackman, who studied English in university and had her first career in journalism. She then went on to get a master's in international finance and econ and became an investment banker, all to ultimately start her own tech company and has since taught herself to code. We talk about that journey and Rihanna shares how all the lessons she learned along the way have helped to get her where she is today. Give a listen.
1: How ridiculous would it sound to you if somebody said you could learn Be fluent in French in two months, you know, like
0: to be good at anything, you have to put years of your life into it. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. Rihanna, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Likewise. Yeah. So let's, you know, start at the beginning. Let's go backwards in time. And can you tell me more about all of those experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? Sure. Um, I'm not sure how far back to go, but actually, you know, um, (laughs) I'll
1: start somewhere where I think is very relevant to um, a lot of the, especially software engineering, self-learning that I've done. Um, I actually, so I immigrated to the U.S. from Iran when I was 12 years old. And I didn't know English. Uh, when I came here, I was in sixth grade. It was a very awkward time. I, I basically had to teach myself um, the language as well as the culture at a young, at, you know, kind of like a young formative years of my life. And I found that there, there's been a lot of parallels between that experience and a lot of what I've done in my life, which is that I kind of learned how to, um, kind of be alone and, you know, put my head down and, um, teach myself something. And in the the case of software development, it's, you know, it's another language, so it's actually similar you know you're just sitting there and reading the rules and kind of like figuring out how it all works so that's really where it started and um so i actually you know i probably because i had kind of like you know this is in hindsight you know hindsight is 2020, 20, but i had a kind of chip on my shoulder about like english as a language as a concept so when I got into college um, at University of Virginia, I literally majored in English language and I was very kind of like I wanted to master it uh, as well be- as best as I could. And I yeah, and that kind of like led into being a journalist and being a writer professionally. So for me, in a lot of ways, like becoming a professional writer was like, Uh, validation that I could speak English really well now (laughs) Um, and also I had you know a talent and I and I actually really enjoy the process of you know language and um, communication I would like get really into like sentence structure and vocabulary and stuff like that and read a lot and I had a lot of patience for it so um so yeah so that was you know I I basically graduated college and became a reporter I uh I'm from the D.C. area so at the time I was you know in the Washington D.C. kind of reporter life and I worked at the Washington Post and USA Today which is actually headquartered in northern Virginia not many people know that and yeah and so I I basically did that for about My total journalism experience is about four years. I uh, basically came to the realization that I would never, like, I don't really know how to say this, like... Politely, but that I would never make good
0: money being a journalist. (laughs) I think that's like a totally legitimate motivator. I think it's fine and fair. And I think the more we say things like that, too, it's like it's okay to be pursuing, you know, a better life or whatever. And you know, money is an important factor in that piece, also. And yeah, because I was going to ask, like, what made you curious then to go on and get that master's degree in finance? Because that seems like a a big switch from being a, a journalist yeah that's exact
1: I mean I just said it pretty much I mean like I I was I was very literal with that I was like oh well I want to make more money how do I do it I'll go I'll go into money <laughs> um yeah I mean like I <laughs> I basically like uh first of all I have always liked business a lot like what in my in my free time like the articles I read most and the news items that I always follow are always related to business and startups and technology. Um, So I, and like, when I go into like a coffee shop, I, I actually notice that, you know, Oh, look, kind bars have great distribution. They are, you know, on the front counter and like, or like, Oh, there can be an optimization in the way that this business is run. So I actually wasn't like, Super foreign to me. Um, and so, yeah, so basically I went to grad school at Columbia in New York. Uh, I'm an East Coaster originally. And I studied economics and finance. And you know, at first it was
0: like I just am thinking <laughs> about English courses from <laughs> your undergrad to grad school, and just what a oh, dramatic difference those like just the content and curriculum and profess just like the, your classmates, yeah, totally. all of it must and have been you night know, and day. Like
1: uh, a Swiss Army knife, like I can literally like morph into whatever <laughs> the situation calls for. Yeah, totally. And again, the adaptability I think has a lot to do with my like childhood too. Like I had to learn to adapt. So I um, basically like my first accounting class was super painful, <laughs> and I I remember just being like, oh, like in the library, like what is this stuff? But slowly it got better, and like for me, it was kind of cool to be using my left brain more because I I actually come from a family of math people like both my both my parents are my mom's an engineer my dad is like accountant and mathematician and uh my sister was actually in finance as well um still it still is so I like I was always good at math like I actually was looking at my college transcripts recently you forget even what classes you took but um ironically at UVA when I was studying English Every like math and science related class, I got an A in, and like the English and humanities stuff, I actually didn't always get in. Like I was like, you know, performing worse, and <laughs> so, but I just like somehow completely ignored that, you know, as like an eighteen-year-old, I was like, nope. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so then I got out of grad school and ended up working, you know, at an investment bank. Bank of Tokyo, um, and the next job I had was at um, Bullion Loki, which is a boutique investment firm in Los Angeles, and um, yeah, like, basically, like, I that, again, that was, like, about four years of time that I had experience in that, and I pretty much, like, what I can say is I found it intellectually stimulating uh, and challenging, but the lifestyle of being an investment banker and the culture of what you're expected to do, um, was so against my personality. Like, like it literally would count the days because you know, in in investment banking, you're kind of your pay half of it comes in bonuses, which are yearly. So you have to like last until literally June 18th or whatever the date is for you to get half your income. So there was so, this, like, I'd be like, okay, it's March, we got, <laughs> we got, like, 3.5 months to go, you know, and so, it was, it was just, like, against, like, my soul, I don't know, there was, like, something there that wasn't, that wasn't working, but I did, successfully quadruple my income.
0: It's like, okay, what setting am I in? Okay. I can roll with those punches. Sure. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I had problems like, uh, just internally, not like within my job itself. Like it was like, I was doing fine. Probably nobody could even tell, but like, I would like, sometimes I'd go and like cry in the bathroom, you know, like, (laughs) you know, it was just like, not a good place
0: right so you achieve what you set out to do right like you wanted to pursue that and leave that journalism piece and you were good at it it sounds like too yeah absolutely
1: and plus like for me I had already made like a very dramatic career shift before so that so there was like there was like a level of like confidence in me that this is like an actual possibility and that's that's one thing that I think I'm hoping that my story communicates to people because I made my shift to like, I first enrolled in Columbia and I started my finance journey in, I think I was 27. Yeah. And, and then I stopped when I was like, I think I was 32. Um, no 33 something like that and there's so many people out there that are like I'm 24 is it too late for me to start you know blah blah you know (laughs) or like they have this feeling of like they're behind their peers you know and the deeper you go for me it was always I asked myself the question a lot of like am I climbing the right mountain like and and if I'm not it's it's better to descend like a quarter of the way through the mountain and like come down and start on another mountain and she's keep going to the top and then have to, and then have to
0: descend maybe like, you know, 10 years later. So. Yeah. And it. That shouldn't ever really be a question that we ask ourselves. But too often we end up in these situations like that where we feel stuck, or in this example, the pay is good. And so it's like, how do you walk away from that? I think that like putting yourself first is an ultimate demonstration of self-care. It's an important gut check because yeah, you just could be in the autopilot mode and just continuing and climbing the ladder and you know, getting the promotions, et cetera. But if it's not bringing you joy yeah, there's going to come a point where then you have to start over again, or it would be a good idea to. I really appreciate you saying that because, yeah, we it's never too late, A, to take a class or to learn to code or whatever it is in the industry that you're curious about, right? Like there are roles for everyone. And so I think it's really encouraging to hear, you know, you didn't do it once or twice career switch wise, but You know, tell me about then taking the leap of faith to start your own tech company. (laughs) Take me there. So I moved, um, I should have mentioned, so I moved from
1: the East Coast to California. um, Yeah, to LA about seven years ago. So actually my entire finance journey was in Los Angeles, which is not like the typical. Um, But I kind of got there slowly bitten by what I would call California culture, which is that everybody follows their dreams. So in, in in Silicon Valley, you know, like there's the tech version of it, like so many startup founders. And then in Los Angeles, everybody was like trying to be an actor or like be in entertainment somehow, even though it was super risky. And there was a lot of independent uh, self-employed kind of spirit and environment and as someone who had come from you know I grew up in Washington DC and then went to school in New York and like in those in, in those cities this culture isn't there like it, it's not like a, an option to you really like people don't don't often do that um, most people are kind of like far following kind of like a rat race career trajectory and yeah so I actually like met my husband around that time and like I would be remiss not to mention his influence on me because he was uh he left his job so I left my job to start my own company in 2017 he left his job to start his own company in 2016 and I don't think that's an accident (laughs) um so he, like, basically was CEO and founder of, um, you know, advertising technology company. And I kind of was seeing through him what's possible. And I found it kind of inspiring. And this, I would say, is generally a mistake. And I would not advise people to do it. I just literally quit my job one day. And I, I in fact, didn't even know that. I didn't even know what the idea was going to be. I had no, like, I just decided, I got really hyped up on this, like, idea of, like, I'm going to be, like, you know, a badass female founder now, you know, like, <laughs> it's going to be, like, it's like my new thing, here I go, <laughs> Um, and yeah, it was freaking hard, like, and it took so much longer than I could have ever anticipated to get anything off the ground, to even figure out what you're going to do to convince anybody to fund your ideas. And so for me also, I'd never worked in the technology industry before. So I kind of decided to do a tech company because I see the promise of like what tech is in terms of like a business. And, um, I find, like I said, I've always liked like, um, Thinking about businesses in um, kind of an intellectual way and to me technology companies were the most complex and interesting companies of our time like so many female founders end up doing uh, consumer products yeah a lot of female founders are you know making some kind of consumer product and then they go heavy on like the social media marketing of that product and um unfortunately not many go into tech as as many as i would like and um for me i just never really to me like a consumer product was too simple like it was too simple to think of okay create this thing and sell it you know like i i kind of wanted like something more fancy or something i don't know
0: yeah, the complexities and like the solutions of what you can provide become much broader when you introduce the tech piece to it. Totally, exactly. Um, so yeah, so my
1: first company was co sponsor. It it was a uh, and it no longer exists, but that's why I'm speaking of it in the past tense. But it was a um, it was a creator marketplace, and yeah, essentially, I noticed that. Um, there's a lot of talented people around me in Los Angeles, video producers, and the same like five people get all the jobs, you know, <laughs> and so we basically connected brands like with um, creatives from all around the world. Um, that was the coolest part of it because we basically, co- we created um, a short documentary on the sex trafficking trade in Thailand from a, from a filmmaker there. We worked with a South African um, filmmaker that was like literally on the scene of where the brand wanted to create that uh, piece of content. So a lot of like really cool things came out of that. And I would have people like writing me messages all the time, like, thank you so much for making this possible. And we were very, very, but I got to say, I coming into it never worked in tech before, had never opened like a single line of code uh, in my life. Uh, I never even, never even heard of GitHub. Like I didn't even know that was the thing. (laughs) So I didn't know what an API was. And all of these things were kind of like brought to me slowly as I was going through this. And, you know, I was a solo founder, which is like also very hard. And I also wouldn't have recommended it to anybody. <laughs> um, but I worked, I actually through complete luck met this amazing software engineer who Vlad, who is still my very good friend and I still work with him on my latest startup. And, he became like my window into this world of engineering. And he explained everything I never heard of before to me. And so I was just kind of like in working on this project together, I was very lucky to kind of have like a live tutor on some level. Mm -hmm. And to be like, here's what I want it to do. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I actually, in doing co sponsor, never really coded myself. Um, and it wasn't until the next startup that we did together, Media Scout, which is um, Media Scout is basically a data analytics platform. And what it does is it connects all your different social platforms like YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Um, and different video players to give video creators like an easy way to see how well their content is doing across all the performing. different platforms oh that's
0: so interesting that's yeah so important oh my gosh
1: yeah so we you know shockingly this is this type of product is not that readily available or even available the the idea wasn't mine it was actually given to us through like very long series like months of customer development of talking to different people on what they need yeah um, so we basically are doing the data analytics piece and then we're going to launch um, an artificial intelligence component to it where you can actually scan the videos and be more intelligent about what exactly it is in a piece of content that's causing it to perform or not perform. Um, yeah, so we're, it's it's a very exciting product and we just released kind of like the beta version, um, of like the uh, initial features. Um, but it's been great because, you know, through this journey and honestly because of COVID COVID was a big part of this for me. Um, COVID kind of like slowed everything down and made it okay to like spend time on learning. In 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 my mind, you know, because for so long, I thought it was like frivolous somehow to take the time to sit down and just like learn something without it being directly applicable to moving a business forward. I can understand
0: that. But yeah, now suddenly we're stuck at home and we've got time on our hands and yeah, why not? pick up some new skills yep exactly so for me I
1: I started like really sitting down and trying to learn how to be a programmer exactly in March like when the when the um, shutdown happened and and yeah and I was very surprised to learn how much I liked it this was not like for me like a like you know, with journalism I like really gunned for it. Like I was like, This is what I'm gonna do, this is what I'm gonna be and with finance I decided I'm gonna make more money, this is what I'm gonna do. But but for me programming just kind of like fell in my lap and it was a much more organic process of like actually just having to do it and being around it and finally saying, you know what, like I don't have a guy that can do this, let me see if I can do it myself, you know. Um, so I would have never thought of myself ever as a software engineer. And I think like, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me about all this is, is, is I'm a, I'm a female, you know, I'm, I'm a minority, all that stuff. I was always into girly things. I don't like gaming. I don't like star Wars. I never even watched it, you know? <laughs> um and So the persona, like the Silicon Valley cast of like, okay, you have this kind of awkward skinny white guy and then you have the Asian guy and then you have the Indian guy, you know, like I, it didn't fit at all um, into who I am or what I identify with. So I completely blocked it out as like a life path or an option. And I think what I want to communicate about my story is software development is not like um like a marketing image that you see you know it's it's actually very similar to writing you know which is more thought of as like a more female quote-unquote profession or whatnot um and or any kind of content creation um and it's um it's unfortunate that we don't show or portray a more diverse image of the industry because I think a lot of little girls out there are not seeing themselves in it and I see statistics like 93 percent of software engineers are men. like I'm like wow I thought finance was a male-dominated industry this like really takes it to the next level um so yeah so I'm I'm really you know I'm hoping that my own mental blocks and the way that they came down over time, like help somebody else see that they can,
0: they can do the same thing. Yeah, no, I I mean, it's, it's really interesting to hear Kind of the different paths along the way and how you ended up here. Because, you know, a lot of times I ask folks and when I talk to them for this podcast, it's like, you know, what kept you from entering the tech industry before you did? But for you, it's kind of different. It's like you had all these different passions and now adding, you know, software development, those skills on how to code, it's kind of like an added to your Rolodex of what you're able to do for what you have envisioned for this company. And congratulations, by the way, on launching the beta. That's so exciting. Like that's huge. Um, but it's, it's really, it's, it's neat to hear how it kind of supplements and, and it, adds to what you hope to achieve. And it is really cool to be able to do it yourself as opposed to saying like, Oh, can I, can someone help me build this? Or, uh, it's, it's just like a badass thing to be able to like, here, yeah, I can make this for myself. And, uh, yeah, it kind of like is a little bit of a magic power in a way. So.
1: Totally. We, we say that all the time. Magic. I always, every day that I get better at, um, Software development. I'm like, I'm getting magic powers. I feel like a wizard, you know, (laughs) because I was like, it's funny because I have seen the other side. I I was the business side, quote unquote, and I I I was constantly locked up. Like, oh my god, I need to have this thing done, and now I have to go and try to get someone to do it, and it's based around their schedule, and maybe they can't do it full time, and. I have no clue how long this thing is going to take. They could tell me it's going to take like two hours or like 30 days. And I have no idea if they're lying to me, you know? And, and so there's like a wall, there's like a divide between, you know, business side and tech side or, you know, technical people um, that I don't really think needs to exist. And it's actually very powerful when you've seen both sides. Like I actually see the flip side work. Work out for me as well. Like um, a lot of, I've I noticed just because I've been to the other side, right? Like, one I've I've noticed a lot of technical people have problems communicating, like in terms of like expressing themselves and being confident, clear in their words. Um, even, even when I read documentation, like my, you know, writer journalist side is like, Oh my God, like (laughs) this is the most unclearly written thing I've ever read, you know? Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing I've noticed is some technical people, they just love building things just to build them and and they get they get too fancy and complex with this a lot of the solutions that they propose and you're like really why are you doing all that like you could do it like this too and then for me because i've seen the business side and i still think that way always um i'm always doing like a cost benefit analysis of like is this valuable to the business <laughs> like do you really need this feature um, you know, how can you get around this? Is that, you know, like, what data points are the most relevant to, to buyers? Like, so I'm, I'm never like building just because it's like, Oh, this is super fun. Let me like, try out this new.
0: <laughs> so for me, you're like, this is what feature needs to be added <laughs> for our company successful. Exactly.
1: So I just think, you know, it's it's weird how things work out. But all the past experience I've had have definitely like mold themselves together. Um, and they all kind of come together to form these kind of different skills alongside each other.
0: Yeah. And, and where you are today is a product of all of those different experiences, I think, The You know, one of the major reasons I started this whole podcast itself was I was wanting to hear how people kind of framed their prior lives outside of tech and positioned them in a rhetoric or in a narrative of as an asset. Uh, And how do you frame that for future employers? And I think if you think of it the way it works out for you, it's like I'm able to, you know, with the business side of things, I'm able to think about, you know, as you said, return of investment on any action that happens. My English degree. I am a wizard when it comes to writing something. And now I'm able to add the technical piece of it too. Like I'm a triple threat. You know, what can't I do? And so, you know, maybe it's not employers you're looking at, but probably like maybe investors. I'm sure that's wildly impressive for them. So it sounds really cool.
1: Thanks so much. Yeah. I mean it's it's I gotta say it is difficult because I think in um in our world we are very much celebratory of people who've taken um like one path and specialize in one thing their whole lives and oh yeah for me i'm able to communicate this stuff when i get on the phone with you but like a lot of times for me it's like somebody might i always worry like oh someone might look at me and be like what is going on here you know um i i kind of need to talk over it to explain the different scenes you know and like how they all come together um and it, it'd be a lot easier if i was like yeah i studied computer science and then i went and worked at google and then blah blah i have 8 years of
0: python you know like as dynamic is engaging and interesting right because and not to poo-poo that like particular path, but there has to be some level of like you approach a problem differently because being an investment banker had to inform the way that you see the world in a different way. Like it just has to have. And so, I don't know. I think they're all complementary now in where you've ended up. It's like, you, it sounds like you're exactly where you were meant to be too. And I'm excited to see like what else you achieve in, in this world too, because it sounds like it's all informs one another in a really wonderful way. Oh. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I mean, I honestly, I feel very happy and at peace because I think that um, like this software development actually speaks to the two sides of my brain that got me into media and uh, business in the first place, which is that I like creating things like everything that's ever giving me joy is just the whole creation process and the problem solving process and um at the same time engineering is like it's math and it's like heavy and it's you know it's so it's like answering to that intellectual part side of my brain the left side that needs those things to chew on so it's like a perfect match honestly and i i just i'm i'm actually glad that somehow i don't think i would have picked it it picked me you know <laughs> like <laughs>
0: So I'm curious, you know, can you share, you know, any life lessons that you've learned since, uh, you know, transitioning into this like tech space from English and then also investment banking and now running your own company? Um, I think the
1: biggest lesson that I have learned is um, there's a lot of gimmicky and it frustrates me because it, it misled me. Um, there's a lot of gimmicky like boot camps and kind of um, video people online that are like, learn how to code in 48 hours. Or <laughs> like, you yeah, will uh, become a ninja in two days. Um, and just buy my book. <laughs> so for me, like I think the biggest advice that I could give anybody that wants to learn how to code or how to be an entrepreneur is just to expect for it to take a very long time and for it to be, and for it to be a lot of work, and go to it with that, you know, kind of like empathy for yourself, and that kind of patience and understanding of the process, and kind of like lean into it and enjoy it instead of trying to get to the end or to the destination all the time. You know, like engineering is nothing short of learning a new language. Um, how ridiculous would it sound to you if somebody said you could learn? to be fluent in French in two months, you know, like to be good at anything, you have to put years of your life into it and be prepared for that. And so understand that if you have to like it, you know, it's not, I see a lot of people out there, I think that are kind of looking at tech as like an opportunity because it's like a high earning futuristic um, industry, but because of the level of work that's required and time, I think you should be kind of thinking about whether or not you actually want to do that for a minimum of years, you know, so that's my biggest advice is just to like, be willing to work hard. And if you if you're willing to do it, then you can achieve anything. It's 100%. I I say this to my brother all the time. I'm like, all it is is hours. I have, um, I have like a time, a timer app that I track, like how much time I spent coding. And it's like, I turn it on and it's like, okay, it's, it's how many hours. Um, and the more hours you put into it, the better you're going to be. So don't stop in the middle, (laughs) just keep going.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's once, you have those hours, you're able to see the patterns. And, you know, of course, you're going to be always learning something new, you know, and in the space of tech, there's always something new language, you'll never be able to master it all. And so that is a really fun thing about it. But it also means that like the more time you spend in it, the better you are to kind of just like the predictability of some pieces of it. And it does get easier, but you have to commit that time. It's worth it to put in those hours. Yeah. For some reason, you're right. There's like some marketing narrative happening where folks can learn in a two to three month moment and then you're ready for your first job. And that's tough because then you get there out of finishing that program and you're like, Oh shit. Like, I don't know. You're not ready yet. And so there are really good opportunities though, to like learn on the job or entry level things, opportunities. um, So like take the time to like almost suss them out and to really inspect whether or not that is like a legit learning route also because as you said some things are just kind of gimmicky and salesy there's nothing that will ever beat out just like trying to practice build an app spend time in it like really put in the hours so very fair advice. Okay, well, please, you know, make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Um,
1: I think you know. I have to give a shout out to my startup, Media Scout, and um, you know, I'm on Twitter with Ray is R E Y underscore underscore Blackman, and if you want to follow me, um, please do. I I feel very passionately about getting people getting the message out that it's not too late. You know, you can do anything at any time and, um, just to kind of, you know, try things out and believe that you can do anything, you know, if you really want it bad enough. So, um, people, you know, I want moms to, to learn how to code, (laughs) you know, I want, I want grandmas to do it. They can, you know, so,
0: um, yeah that's all 100 percent. yeah it's never too late i am so grateful for you just saying that shouting it from the rooftops because yeah it is an incredible journey and it's worth it and encourage it well thank you so much for giving me your time today i have loved learning about your journey and i'm excited to check out media scout and i hope you have an incredible rest of your day okay thank you so much you too and that's a wrap on today's episode I'm Lauren Lee. Thank you for listening to We Belong Here. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, find me on Twitter at Lolo Coding. That's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G. Shoot me an email or leave a comment on the We Belong Here website. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please, please subscribe and review the show on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.